0: Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. It's time. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar.
1: Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a.
0: The Pinnitus of Gotham. You are listening to Geek Vibes Live.
1: We go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. This episode is titled Circle of Life. I do not think we need to explain why. You guys will see in a second, but first let me introduce my amazing panelist, Dane. What's going on, Dane? Dane! All? <laughs> I think those uh, right are now familiar. my Pretty
0: roommate nice. probably is not doing a podcast, but my roommate's upstairs, and I just heard him finish that for me upstairs. That's <laughs> hilarious.
1: Nice, <laughs> um, Joel. What's going on,
2: Joel?
3: What is good, everybody?
2: All right, and Nick, what's going on, buddy? What up? I'm excited. get to talk a lot of geek stuff right now. And the Georgia game's on at four. Uh, go dogs! Got my fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a really tough game uh, for us to pull out, but I'm excited nonetheless.
1: All right. So let's, let's get right into it. Let's get into trailer talk, guys. Um, we did not have an episode the weekend of Thanksgiving for obvious reasons. Um, and during one of the Thursday night games, I believe it was the Cowboys versus Redskins, Um, We got a Lion King trailer out of nowhere. I still wholeheartedly believe Disney originally was going to possibly give us Avengers, but then was like, oh, y'all are expecting it? Boom, Lion King. Um, But I've been there before, so whatever. Um, But this was so much fun. Um, What what scares me the most is, like, I'm trying to picture from the, the standpoint of kids, I think it was really smart that they didn't show Scar, um, mainly because I think Scar might feel a little bit on the scarier side for young kids. Um, quite like some aspects of Jungle Book might have been visually scary for kids. Um, so I thought this was a way for Favreau to kind of get the movie out there. A short, small, sweet teaser. All you hear is, um, God, I can't believe i uh, uh James L. Jones um, narrating the. Uh, the trailer. Uh, You get a look at the infamous theme of Rafiki rubbing the stuff on Simba's forehead and holding him up in front of the entire animal kingdom. Short and sweet, to the point. Um, Nick, I'm going to start with you first, man. What were your thoughts on the trailer or the teaser for Lion King? And also, I want to ask you, do you think it was a smart idea to hide Scar um, in, in this first teaser, or do you think it was just they they just didn't put them in mainly cuz this was just a teaser it wasn't like a full length trailer
2: yeah i mean it, it it's not a bad decision definitely uh i mean i think it's an effective teaser um i am really excited to hear what comes of um oh, man what i i edgeio4 Chuit- yeah yeah
3: i, think so. <laughs> yeah. That, I always I think that's right
2: Okay, well, I, I always mess up that name, but, like, I'm really excited. Like, he is, dude, he is an awesome actor, and for any of our <clears throat> fellow Firefly geeks out there who have seen the movie Serenity, you know just how menacing this guy can be as, uh, I, I guess, an, an antagonist. So, like, I'm really excited to see, like, what he brings uh, to the character. Um, but as far as the teaser, I thought it was really effective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it does just kind of give you, like, those, those like, goosebumps when you first hear the song and then the, the, the you know, uh, camera kind of pans in on Pride Rock and all the animals are everywhere and you're just like, oh, damn, dude, like, I'm super excited for this. Um, and then the one other thing that I thought was really clever was at the very end of the trailer. Where uh, obviously they they paraphrase the line, um, you know. Essentially, I believe the line was "Remember who you are" or "Remember where you came from" or something like that. And in the movie, yes, and it just says "Remember," and it's like, dude, none of us fucking forgot about Lion Cake, but like, yeah, now it would, it's a nice reminder, like, that, hey, yeah, it's coming. It's like, yeah, I remember. Like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, I'm excited. So uh, clever clever little marketing thing on there uh, and uh, to throw that at the very end of it.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I think what what kind of gave me the, the most goosebumps in this uh, teaser was the very quick shot of Mufasa's uh, like paw print in the ground and then you see Simba's little, little yeah. print like in, in just the small crevice of that huge print. I was just like, <laughs> man, this is just so Freaking, this movie was so beautiful. Um, I'm getting hyped all over, man. Uh, Dane, I'm going to go to you, man. What were your thoughts on The, uh, the Lion King, trailer? And do you also think it was
0: a good idea to kind of leave Scar out of it,
1: Uh, you know, out of the teaser?
0: Well, I, I have to realize, so, you know, I had Thanksgiving over at my brother's house. Uh, my parents were away, you know, just situation where that worked out. Me and him did it. And we had our TV set up. I'm watching wrestling. He's watching football. I know why you guys watch football games now. It's because we have all these awesome movie trailers that come out. That's why the Super Bowl is awesome. <laughs> So So, <laughs> um, but no, it was really cool. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm like, like we both like started elbowing each other. We're like, dude, dude, he's the trailer. So we turn it up. Me and Luke are just watching it, and we both just throughout the whole thing. Like, I look at him and I'm like, I have goosebumps, and he goes, Me too. And he's like, Show me his arm, I'm like. That trailer was fantastic. It just, the reason why is, yes, we're we're seeing something that's already been made, but to look that realistic and just so beautiful with the uh, with the graphics arts in this movie, like, this is going to be special. And uh, I think that not having scars is a good element. I think that, you know, just keeping certain things in general um, away that's within the movie until later, you know, to kind of, like show it off in a future trailer, just say for the movie is good in general. So, yeah, he also might be scary like Shere Khan, for sure. Um, but uh, that's that's something I can't wait for my niece to see this movie. Like, a lot of people, um, you know, rightfully so somewhat, probably in that, you know, just they're complaining about the fact that why are we remaking, why are we remaking, sequel, sequel, sequel. And I get it. But I have to say that I hope that the same people that are saying that are actually going out and seeing original films that are actually in theaters, because there are a lot. Um, or maybe they're just not looking and that's what they see commercially. They're you know smaller, not not as much into film as, say, we are. So, um, a lot of complaints when it comes to that. I, I don't think it really um, bothers me at all to do this. I can't wait for this movie. I think it's going to be awesome. Um, uh, it's going to be fun to relive it. Uh, especially, like, if you look at it, I I tried watching with my niece the uh, the, the old Aladdin movie, and she couldn't get into it. Uh, for some reason, I think it's very similar to, like, you know, when I was younger, trying to watch the old uh, Disney movies from the 70s, like, they just kind of just looked weird, or like a black-and-white movie, I guess, is a better representation. They're used to that, mm-hmm. that style of Pixar, you know, animation now going forward, so... It's going to be cool for her to, like, watch this, and then Aladdin comes out, and then Toy Story 4
2: comes. Oh, I'm
4: so excited! <laughs> I can't
2: watch Mufasa die again, though! <laughs> I'm glad you changed that to black and white, because, like, for a second, I was I was thinking, like, what, you don't like the Aristocats? Fuck you, Dane. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I'm
3: um, I, I will say, Dane, uh,
1: when, when I'm most curious about, and I'm kind of glad that Favreau didn't show any of it in the, um, the, the actual teaser, is what I love most about um, Jungle Book was the expressions on the animals. Uh, like when they talked. Like when they had an actual thought or they were angry. Like you could see the expressions still within um, the animal. And it didn't look super animated. Like it looked legit. Um, so I'm curious how you do that with like a bunch of lions. Like, at least in Jungle Book, like, you had a human and then a bunch of animals. But what happens when the movie is entirely animals? No humans, nothing. Um, how the expressions and stuff turn out, how they look. Um, I'm most curious to see that. Uh, you saw a little bit of it in, in Simba, like, that, you know, that, that innocent look that, that he kind of had while being held up. Um, but I'm, I'm really curious about that. And I really hope um, Favreau keeps in. The one line of this movie that I just desperately need, because I remember watching it as I got older, and I was just like, that was just like the most tense scene I've ever seen in my life. When Scar, like, finally took over, you know, uh, and became king and everything, and he's standing there, and he just yells out, Sarabi. And you just see her walk, like, I need that. I desperately need that to be in there. Uh, Because it was just so crazy. And then she walked up, and she said something. And he just like he backsmacked it and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa Like this, this is crazy. So like I, I just I'm curious to see how all that plays out. We also know that Sarabi is played by um can't remember her name from uh Luke Cage. Oh god, I cannot remember her name.
0: Uh, uh was there a we
1: also saw her in Civil War. No, no. You um, guys know who I'm talking about though, right?
3: Yeah, I know what you're talking
1: about. Okay, yeah. Um so just just to see all these, these people come to life, uh Chitelle uh playing Scar instead of them bringing Chietel. back uh say it and Joel?
3: Chietel, not Chatele. Oh, Chiotel. Okay, <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, don't don't um, worry, Juwan,
2: I do it too. It's like every fucking time.
1: The idea of um him being brought in instead of uh Jeremy Irons being brought back. Uh we also know Hugh Jackman for a while was, was being rumored for being the voice. Um, is a really interesting take. Uh, And we do know from seeing the Jungle Book, Favreau kind of takes a little bit of liberty, um, but keeps it, uh, you know, he honors the original. So it's going to be interesting to see how many liberties he takes with this Lion King film. But, Joel, I'm going to pass it to you. What were your thoughts on the teaser? Um, And do you feel the same about Scar also being left out of the, the teaser?
3: I mean, I don't. I'm fine with Scar being left out of the teaser. The teaser. I don't need to see everything. Uh, I saw what I needed to see. That whole uh, Pride Rock uh, moment was uh, beautiful. Uh, I just wanted to see what it looked like. I just wanted to see what everyone was talking about cause they were raving about it. It's like uh, at the Comic Con or, or B23 or wherever they saw that the the footage of it. And I really wanted to see what everybody saw. And I love the way Jungle Book looked, and I love the way they did the animation in that. And I, I just couldn't, just the idea of doing The Lion King in the same way just, it's just, it, it just really excites me. So I like, when I finally got to see it and everyone was raving about it before I even got to touch it because I did not catch it while watching the game because I was in another room. But, um, it was awesome. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful trailer. Goosebumps is probably the best way to describe the way I felt as I watched it. I'm like, wow, that is so awesome You see Rafiki. I think that, I, that was my first geek out moment with seeing Rafiki, like the, to actually see a character. That was the first real character you saw was Rafiki and comes up without the staff, but he still came up and you saw him and see Simba and he to break the the whatever, that red thing and put it on his forehead. I thought that was awesome. And I'm just really excited for for the Lion King and seeing Timon and Pumbaa and hear that, their voices, Scar, and Zazu, all of them. I cannot wait to see how they are, in uh used in this movie and, and the way I know they can do it because I, I I was a big fan of the Jungle Book, really big fan of the Jungle Book, so I'm really excited to see what they're gonna do with the Lion King.
2: Yeah, John Oliver Azu is like is up there yeah. on my list of like, dude, like I he's gonna I yeah. just think he's gonna kill that dude. It's gonna be and great. Seth Rogen is gonna
1: be great.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's going to be awesome. I think what makes me the most <laughs> curious um, is actually what, what you just sung there, Dane is um, how song oriented is this going to be? We know the animated film had a lot of beautiful songs, whether it was there's four or, or say it again.
0: The, uh, apparently from what I heard um, on Collider, there's four that they're using for this. It's, Obviously, I think Elton John's the one who disclosed this information. Circle of Life, uh, Can't Wait to Be King, Kuna Matata, and I'm, Oh, um, Can You Feel the Love Tonight. So, apparently, they're not uh, doing Be Prepared,
2: or oh, some of the ones that a lot of people thought they
0: might do some of the songs for the musical, um, right. the extra songs. But I I think those are the main four, which, if that's the case, I'm okay with it.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah, I'm going okay to miss Be Prepared, but I, I'm all yeah, right. Yeah, me
3: too. I love yeah, it. Probably, it.
2: Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, it probably just didn't work. Like, it's not that. That's probably the reason it's not in there. It just didn't work as far as the way that they're portraying Scar. Like, because in the in the cartoon movie, like, yeah, he was he was definitely a bad guy and kind of menacing, but he was also a little bit of a buffoon. I think they'll probably mm-hmm. take a little impossible. bit of that buffoonery out. Um, yeah, and so that probably. Doesn't, that song doesn't lend itself as well if that's the direction they're taking, Scar, is more menacing.
1: I will say, um, what song I'm looking forward to the most, because the kid can really sing, um, is To Be King. Um, the young yeah. kid that's playing Simba uh, can really sing his ass off. He actually shared the stage with Donald Glover at the uh, Grammys uh, this past year. Um, doing a song together with him, and that kid can really sing. So I'm really looking forward to that song. That was one of my favorite songs of the entire movie, was "To Be King." So I'm really looking forward to that. Definitely the most. I still um, listen yeah. to it. Go ahead, Dan.
0: <laughs> I said I still listen to it this day. I'll jam out on the way home from work on a Friday. Sometimes Dane listens to "To Be King" from The Lion King, and I, and I don't have a problem admitting it. But now I'm kind of having. Uh, Thoughts of why the hell did I just do that? So, back to you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't do that, but uh, I, I there's no judgments here uh, whatsoever. Uh, by the way, I just want to ask everybody real quick, are we, like, uh, m- just more excited for Aladdin or Lion King? Just pass that well, around, Joanne,
3: hmm.
2: Joelle. Joel. Lion King at the moment.
3: At the moment, the Lion King. I
0: need to see more of
3: okay. the Aladdin. I'm, I'm excited for Aladdin, but at the
0: moment. Dane? The Lion King. Man, you're talking about my top two favorite fucking uh, Disney movies of all time.
2: Actually, yeah. I'm gonna go to
0: Lion King because it's still like I love. Uh, what's his name? The director, um, uh, the one who Fabric. did Snatch. Fabric. He's doing. Fabric. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 I'm talking about the one who's doing uh, Aladdin. Um, oh, Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Hey, Guy Ritchie still kind of scares me a bit. Like I love him. I think he's a great director. I just think he's had a weird track record lately. And I, when they said that, I was like, I don't see how his style will mesh. So I've seen this at least. Uh, you know, I'm just wondering to myself, is this an animated movie or is this live action? I guess it would be technically animated, right?
3: Yeah, technically. What, The Lion King? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'll probably I probably say Aladdin just because I'm kind of interested to see because like, it has that human element. Um, and I, I'm... I, I, I feel like it's a, maybe even a little tougher of a challenge than Lion King. Um, so I'm interested to see, and, like, I am nervous about Guy Ritchie, but I'm interested to see what he does with it, you know, and maybe just yeah. to kind of revive the a, a little bit. So. Well, me too. I, I,
1: will say, I will say the idea of Guy make break it. isn't what necessarily yep. um, disturbs me the most. What disturbs me the most is, for a teaser, I thought that was a pretty weak teaser. Yeah, um, it was. Like, but for it's just for a people who may have never seen Aladdin, right. I don't think Jesus. you really set the table for for someone to go, well, I definitely want to see that now. Like, I thought that very was true. a very, like, I don't know if it was Guy Ritchie's fault or Disney's, I, whatever the marketing no. department No, no the yeah, uh,
0: trailers.
3: Yeah, they're not into the marketing part of it directly.
1: Yeah, so that that's why I wanted to make sure I didn't specify on someone particularly. I didn't know who... Was in charge of that, but whoever was, it was pretty weak. Um, So it had to go to baseball teasers. They um, held. They held
3: back too much.
1: Yes, they did. I I believe. See what Lion King did was it led with its strong suit. So you had James Earl Jones narrating it, which was perfect. I think it wouldn't have been bad if you had Will Smith narrate just a little bit of that Mm. teaser, just a tiny bit. No. I think that would, have really, that would have really added more to
3: no. it Then it would have
1: gave it, like, I don't know, it would have gave it something. All I know is you just kind of doing that weak little narration and then showing Aladdin there, it, it wasn't enough.
3: It's different. James Earl Jones narrating it, and Will Smith, now, two different things. I mean, Will Smith was not a part of the original Aladdin. It's not the same. There's a, a nostalgia factor that played in, so James Earl Jones narrating that Lion King tra- uh, teaser. Right. It just, it's, no, it's I agree different. on that.
1: I'm just saying, just to add a little bit of, I, I don't know. I think we can all agree it, it lacks. For whatever reason, yeah. I think we can all agree it lacks. Mm-hmm. All right, let us move on. All right, to some DC news. Oh, boy, uh, this is always interesting to go into. Anyway, um, apparently <laughs> uh, two movies are being discussed over at Warner Brothers, One being Blue Beetle, uh, the Jaime Reyes one, uh, because I believe there was another Blue Beetle,
2: um,
1: and Zatanna. Yes, I do. (laughs) So uh, yeah, these movies are being discussed. Uh, I think uh, the report was was kind of very specific on saying nothing is in development; it's just being discussed. That is
3: Blue Beetle is in development. Zatanna is not. Say it again. The Blue Beetle is in development. Zatana is has been discussed.
1: So Blue Beetle is in development. Oh, God. Right. Okay. Um, all right. Oh. oh, man. this is Okay. All right, I'm going to go to you first, then, because I'm getting a headache already. Um, what are your thoughts on well, that's, uh, a, blue, a Blue Beetle movie and then your idea on uh, a Zatanna movie?
3: Well, the Blue Beetle movie stood out the most because that was the big news to come out. Where the rap dropped it. Umberto dropped it. And it was a big thing for me specifically because it is being led by a Latino character, the Latino version of the Blue Beetle, because it's the Jaime Reyes version, the more modern day version, not the Ted Cord version from the, you know, early, you know, 80s, 90s, the ones that people know him the most. Um, And, I, it stands out to me a lot because I'm really excited. I really I geeked out pretty hard when he dropped it, and I was like, I I just can't wait to see it. Like well, as soon as they that they, that character was introduced to the world, I was excited because I thought the design for the new Blue Beetle uh, works. Uh, it actually gets the damn Scarab to do something other than nothing, which we're doing with Ted Court. Um, and there's a whole history behind it. And if anybody that's watched Young Justice, there is a lot to the Blue Beetle and that Scarab and the, the alien race that that it's attached to, and there's just a lot to explore there. And it's led by a Latin character that hasn't been done yet. It's going to be led by the Jaime Reyes character. So there's a lot there. That was what we're hearing, at least from Is it's That's going through. That's, as far as we know, that's one of the movies that they're discussing. Not just discussing, but it seems like there they might be more steam to it than let's say the Zatanna one, which was not announced as, like, like the Blue Beetle one. That was just announced um, in an article that was talking about women movies in general, and it was name dropped with Supergirl and Batgirl. So that's why everybody jumped on top of it and said, oh, it's on, it's in development. But it's really just something that's – it's it's a possibility of them going in that direction. But I don't think it has the same steam that uh, Blue Beetle has at the moment. Yeah.
1: I Okay. W- what Blue Beetle does excite me, mainly be, uh, because of representation – uh, and there being the lack thereof in um, the, I, I think just the movie world, but let alone the uh, superhero movie world. Um, I'm fine with the idea of it. My, my biggest question is, I think I'd be fine with the, <clears throat> excuse me, the discussions or the development of all these characters if Warner Brothers would just come out and say, listen, we're just doing movies, <laughs> like. There is no more universe. We're just doing movies. If we decide to piece them together later, that's what we'll do. But at this moment, we're throwing everything to the wall. At that point, I can say, okay, I'll put my expectations for a Superman movie, a Flash movie, I'll just get rid of them, and I'll just enjoy whatever movies they're they're coming out. Like I don't want to keep having to assume every time news like this comes out that that is what they're doing, Uh, because then on the other hand, Shazam, Aquaman, and Wonder Woman are still continuity movies. So it's like you can't completely throw it out because you have no idea. So I think I'd be more excited because it seems like the more characters you build could build up to a huge Justice League unlimited kind of feel, which I'm fine with. But it's like, are you just doing movies? Are these continuity? Like, a lot of these would be really interesting. You gotta
3: remember, what they're doing right now is not what Marvel has done. They're trying to fix whatever shit has happened in the past. So right now they're focusing on their movies. What they're not doing is telling you that it doesn't connect. They're not going to reference each other. They're going to probably exist within the same world, but it's not going to be as closely connected as what Marvel has been doing. It's going to lead up to this one giant movie. That probably is not in the cards at the moment. At the moment, they are going to pretty much stand alone. And if they want to connect them in the future, they will. If they can if they do well. And that's probably the way you got to take it for right now. Just treat them as standalone with the possibility of them connecting in the future, maybe.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no I'm saying I, I get 100% what you're saying, and that's why I'm saying I, I don't really set expectations as far as what they're doing as far as universe uh, building or the course correcting or, or whatever. I'm just saying if they came out and said, guys, the, the whole continuity thing, get it out of your mind, we just want to put out really good moves. Then I can say, okay, cool, do your thing. That's no problem. I, we don't need continuity. Just do your thing. The thing is Aquaman is continuity. And from the sounds of it, it sounds like we're going to get uh, another Aquaman. So, like, will that really. be a continuity, or is continuity just completely out of the window? That's what I'm saying. I would like for them to clear up.
0: Well, whatever. All right, fine. You know you what know, you should do? It like, I, I think it's going to be on the same – well, no, that's a little bit different. I was going to say similar to how the Star Wars uh, I forgot what they're called but the comic book stuff you know they could use that stuff later but it's not really connected you know the same level of this or maybe even the Netflix shows compared to the MCU movie universe like just don't think about it it's kind of connected but you know uh, that's not their main focus is for for, for continuity it's more about just making the movies themselves which I wish I would have fucking done that in the first place but you'll get to me (laughs)
1: yeah no 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 like like i said i completely get what you guys are saying it's just the idea of no one ever coming out and saying anything star wars i feel like is a little bit different because like not every single star wars movie connects to each other so like you never make the assumption of oh they're all a part of the same exact story plot um you you know that like rogue one isn't necessarily connected to uh the last jedi like you know what i'm saying so it's like you don't have to worry about things like that. It's it's along the same timeline. I, but it doesn't have to piece together with something leading up to something else. I'm I mean, think the next I three movies we if, have are all continuity. So it's like if they weren't then right. I, I I wouldn't care.
3: I would think it like this. If it's not part of whatever they said the Joker is, or it's kinda of standalone. Somewhat connected. If it doesn't, they don't say that because they made sure the Joker is not connected to the rest of those DC other movies. If it, they don't say that, it's somewhat kind of connected, unless they say otherwise, of course.
1: Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> <dang>. <laughs> what are your thoughts on um on Blue Beetle being in development? Thank you, Joel, for that because I didn't have that in my notes. Thank you for that. In the time of being discussed over at Warner Brothers. Okay.
0: Um well Blue Beetle, I think that I think that's awesome. Um I, I talked to Joel about this. I really, really hope, just because he was a personal favorite of mine from the complex, that Ted Cord, the original well, I shouldn't say the original Blue because he's the second yeah, the one. Second. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I really would like him to have some type of presence in this. I, I don't need booster gold, but it was and I, I correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they say recently that Berlanti said that there is still a Booster Gold um, movie from him in the future? I I think I read that somewhere. Right. I could be completely wrong, but I remember recently, they're making something, was something with two of those characters. Um, there was new yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I just I kind of just hope that. Um, uh, Jaime, you know, I, I really liked him in Young Justice. Um, I've read him a bit in the comic books, like the 52 comics, not the new 52, but uh, with, with Booster Gold, and then he was in Teen Titans. Actually, right when I was, like, st- you know, kind of got out of comic books, but he was a great character. Um, I like the representation aspect. Um, I like how he's kind of, you know, comparable with the other Beatles. It's kind of like Green Lantern meets Iron Man. I think they can do a lot of cool things. I just hope that they don't just cut out um the men, like I think that Ted court should be somewhat of a mentor. Even if he dies within the movie, it would be nice to kind of like have that character still presented and just not cut him out at all. So that's
2: just the right. inner
0: geek in me. Zatanna, if they do it, that's great. I love Zatanna. I would prefer a Justice League Dark to introduce her and then branch her out from that. I think do a reverse uh, would actually work out better for her. Uh, I, my whole thing is primarily. And after reading an article, I believe, on Heroic Hollywood uh, that got a report from Deadline um, that it seems Superman and the Flash are pretty much on the back burner right now. And uh, we're not going to get them anytime soon. And they keep on releasing more and more characters. Um, And I think it's really cool, especially with, like, you know, a lot of the different ones that I like. They're more obscure, kind of like a Blue Beetle. But I really hope they don't lose, you know – some of these important characters, because when you expand, when Marvel did that with the MCU, and I hate to keep on comparing it, but it, it's true, they didn't start doing Guardians of the Galaxy until they laid the groundwork for all the major characters. And you just don't start them and just go, eh, and then just stop. Like, just, to me, especially Superman, we need something. If you're not going to use Henry Cavill, figure out something else, you know, and just give us something. But that is my biggest gripe when it comes to whenever DC releases another titled movie or project possibly in the future or whatever. It's what the fuck is happening with Superman and is the Flash even on the table anymore?
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. And the the funny thing is, Dane, um, if you had asked us, uh, like, maybe two years ago, like, oh, Sony is throwing things at the wall. And DC is throwing things at the wall. Which one do you think will stick and be successful? I think a lot of us would be like, oh yeah, probably. D. Venom is is crush has crushed numbers, and that was more of like a how do you really do Venom without Spider Man? And they <laughs> right. found a way to make it work. So now they're giving us a Morbius movie, and I don't think we look at that Morbius movie now uh, quite like how we first looked at when Venom was announced. I think we look at the Morbius movie now like. Yeah, no, that can work. Like, I think Sony's recipe of I'm going to get a big name and then I'm going to give them a character that a lot of people probably have no idea about, um, and I'm going to make it work. It seems like, that's gonna, like that could be really good. With DC, if this Elseworlds Joker movie hits, I think you're going to get a lot more of DC just throwing things at the wall to see what's sticks. And like you were saying, Joel, not really caring about continuity or any of that. I think we might just get more so, I just wanted to make a movie. Here's a movie of this guy. So, um, and I mean, I think the Joker movie being the first step is perfect because then I think it takes the the edge off of whenever Blue Beetle comes out. Um, because if you're doing these standalone movies that aren't really connected to anything, they're just movies, uh, well. the best way to start off is with someone wildly known like Joker. Because then people will go, all right, well, you did that good. I have faith that you can really do other things well. Um, and I think like, Sony starting with Venom was a really good first step because now it kind of lightens the blow for people who might have been skeptic about Morbius. All right, um, Nick. What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were saying something. That's why I said oh, Yeah, I, I was oh. waiting
3: for it. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I'm sorry. I was going to say something, but I was, I just, I'm biting my tongue at this point.
4: <laughs>
3: sure, go ahead. No, I mean I just don't think Blue Beetle. I, I, I'm gonna save an Elseworld story. I'm not gonna save it for Blue, Blue Beetle. I'd rather have that connected within the world. If we're gonna, I'd leave it open for it to be there. If we're gonna do Elseworld, make Elseworld be Elseworld. Yeah. with the Joker is gonna be an eighty centric movie. It's literally its own thing. That's what
0: Elseworld should be for. Not just a, a random My- character. My hopes for the Elseworlds is, is that, you know, after this cool – I don't know if they des- they decided to – they got an idea from Phillips and Scorsese about this Joker 80s movie, and they're like, well, well, we can't have this, no matter what, a part of the continuity. All right, so we'll do Elseworlds. So I hope that after this, they actually enter some Elseworld comics. I mean, you have the Dark yeah. Knight Returns. You have Kingdom Come. You got uh, Gotham by Gaslight. You have All-Star Superman. There's so many great stories and different universes that have a lot of these great characters that they can do. So right, that's what I'm hoping.
1: You just said something, Dane, that just lit a light bulb in my head. Remember how uh, we heard the, the report God. that Ben is still <laughs> under contract for, for one DC movie? And we all assumed, like, oh, it'd be like a Flashpoint movie, or it'd be in whatever Matt Reeves' Batman is, it'd be him looking back. What if you just tell Ben, listen, you only want to do one more Batman movie? Cool let it be the Dark Knight Return. And he gives us he did, one did epic that performance. No, 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 you did somewhat an iteration of it, but you could do a full story of um, him going up oh, against the, uh, I can't remember what those villains were called, but you could actually do an actual full movie of it expanding upon it. I think Mutant. that just took part of the comic and put it into a movie that wasn't the Dark Whoa. Knight
2: Returns necessarily. Yeah, It just had but the I, I, of it. Exactly. I, I get where your head's at. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take the Dark Knight Returns for Ben Affleck simply because, like Joel said, like, I mean, yeah, it wasn't the Dark Knight Returns, but he already did, like, part of that. Like, I think,
3: yeah,
2: did you know, part. so, I mean, at least, yeah, exactly. So, like, I, I don't know. I would probably opt more for, like, Kingdom Come or something like that. Kingdom Come?
1: that's nice. would be I just, great, dream yeah. to me when, when Dane said that, Nick, was you look at his with- – physique uh that he had for the uh B V S it, it's of the Dark Knight Returns and I get what you guys mm-hmm. are saying. You already had the element of the Dark Knight Returns. To do a full movie on it would kinda seem a little redundant. Um yeah. but like damn Zach, if you didn't if you didn't do that man, if we just did Man of Steel 2, we could have had Dark Knight anyway, Nick. Uh, your thoughts on Blue
0: Beetle so it's, it like that was and, Superman too. Yeah, yeah he, yeah, he
1: just threw everything into one, and it kind of eliminated the he possibility did. of the solo uh, really, you know, uh, dragging out that story. So, goddammit, Zach. Um,
2: Nick, <laughs> your thought on a
1: Blue Beetle movie being in development and Zatanna being something discussed over at Warner Brothers?
2: Uh, I, I like where your head's at as far as that Ben Affleck thing. I'm going to just say real quick, Master of the Phantasm, man. Just, like, make a live-action fucking one-off of that, and have and Ben, like, you know... That'd be pretty fucking cool. Um, or uh, is it is it Court of Owls? Um, that, Court of that's Owl. another one. That, yeah. That's another one that could be pretty cool. Batman
3: Beyond. Um, yeah. You're gonna do Elseworlds.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. But I still like Dane's idea best for that. Is like Warner Brothers do an HBO show with Michael Keaton, um, like as as the older Bruce Wayne, and have Terry McGinnis yeah. come in. You know that that would be fucking awesome. Uh, but. As far as uh, Blue Beetle, um, I, I just don't really know the character that much. Uh, but, it, you know, I I kind of relish in those moments because, like, a lot of times, you know, like, I didn't really... I wasn't super familiar with Ant-Man, especially Scott Lang. Like, I was much more familiar with Hank Pym. Um, so it was cool to, like, get, get that interpretation of the character. Obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy kind of fit that mold, um, you know. It, it, and it's cool because you because you don't know that much about the character, you, you get not only the movie-going experience, but you get to learn about the character, cool, too. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I, I look forward to that. Um, as far as the, the, you know, possibility of a Zatanna movie, um, I really was excited when, like, two years ago, when they were like, yeah, we're going to make a Justice League Dark movie. Like, I just want to see that. <laughs> like, Me too. Um, like, that would be really fucking cool, and I don't feel like it would be, like, that hard to do. Um, like, because it could, you know, it could really kind of detach itself from all the other stuff that's going on. Um, and if you could bring in, like, Constantine and Zatanna and, um, you know, the other various, you know, main players uh, from Justice League Dark, like that would, that would be really fucking awesome. I would really enjoy that. Um, I, I don't know... I, I think... She, I think it, anything can work, but I think the Zatana mm-hmm. would fit better uh it with, with like a group than in, you know, kind of on her own. Um mm-hmm. uh, like I mm-hmm. I struggle just to think of like who the villain would be. Um which, you know, I mean they they've got yes. plenty of material to pull from. Um but, you know, I mean, you're you're kinda getting into very um like niche areas of fandom uh with a character like that um like i i think i just think there's other characters that you could go to that would be more recognizable um and and just kind of maybe um would work better on their own
3: nick does it that's all i got okay um
1: no um yeah, no. I wanted to just piggyback off what you said. Yeah, I, I completely agree. The is one of those head scratchers for me. That's just like, that's that's what you're discussing. A solo is a movie, really? Like, all right, well, just you got to make sure it hits. Like that casting has got to either be someone we've never heard of that kind of looks the part, or a, a somewhat big name that we can kind of go, okay, well, I think she could really carry it. Or this movie's just gonna have to hit. Like, it's just gonna have to completely hit. Um, I remember, I. I I had seen a few uh, of his movies before Ant-Man, um, but I was just kind of like, you go on the Scott Lang route. I knew a little bit about Scott Lang from watching uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Um, and it was just like, I thought that was a unique uh, character to go with for for a solo movie instead of just adding him mm-hmm. into like an Avengers movie or something. And it hit, it, it just hit. So I was just like, I mean, you know, it's, obviously it can be done, but that, that's a, that's a, big risk going out and doing the Um, But, hey, who knows? Uh, but, uh, Nick, uh, I'm going to kick it to you
2: for a word from our sponsors. Indeed, sir. So, how f- fucking cold was it this week? It was so, so cold earlier this week. Now, the temperatures have gotten back up, but we all know what's coming throughout the rest of the winter season. It's going to be really cold. So, you got two options. You can dig out those bulky winter clothes that don't quite do the trick, or you could take it from us that what you should do is try our sponsor, Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing, engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat, similar to a heated car seat. This clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and undergarments, I now have a jacket, a few pairs of socks. They are so awesome. They are lifesavers. Um, next up, I got to get I got to get me some gloves. I got to try the gloves because um, as of right now, no heat in my car, so I, I'm I'm fighting it. It's it, it was a rough rough week uh, on my hands, so I got to get those gloves. But the rest of me was totally totally fine, and I owe that to Action Heat. Uh, Action Heat is available in men's and women's attire, offers great new styles, and is very reasonably priced, starting at just $39.99. Plus, if you go to actionheat.com, you can enter our code GVN at checkout and get 20% off, or go to actionheat.com backslash GVN for the same result. That's actionheat.com backslash GVN, or enter the code GVN at checkout to get 20% off your order you can't control the weather, but you can control your environment with Action Heat. We thank them for sponsoring this pod. Back to you, Juan. Appreciate it, Nick.
1: <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you, Action Heat, and thank you again, Nick. <clears throat> that was a word from our sponsor. All right, let's move on, guys. we got some more D.C. news. Uh, we got some news from Aquaman. They had their press screening or, yeah, their press. No, 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 not press screening. I'm sorry. Their premiere, sorry, um, a few days ago, I think, I think it was. Uh, and all the reviews that I think we've all collectively seen have all been very positive. Um, and it seems like Aquaman is set to open up with $100 million its first week. Um, or its opening weekend, rather. Sorry. Uh, this doesn't really shock me as far as it, it's, uh, what it's tracking at. Um, the reviews being positive, I love. Um, excuse me. But I, I kind of <clears throat> excuse me expected that because I thought visually it looked amazing. I thought um, it could be up there visually with Black Panther. Um, it looked really good from the trailer. There was no parts of what I saw from any of these shows. I thought this could be a bad movie. Um, but you know, I always had faith in it. So none of this shocks me. It's just really good to hear. Joe, I'll go to you first. What were your thoughts on the reviews for Aquaman and the idea of it tracking for possibly a hundred million, it's opening weekend.
3: It's exciting. It's exciting. I'm happy for it. I really wanted it to do well. It looks really good. We've heard only good things thus far. Um, after they dropped the social media embargo so early. So I'm very happy that so far it's all been mostly positive. Um, and I'm I'm just excited. I really am. I'm just – I've seen a lot. I'm trying not to watch a lot of the news. i a lot of a couple new teasers and stuff. I'm trying to avoid them because I've seen just enough. I'm good. I'm, I will, will be watching it soon, maybe another, I think, two weeks. So I, I'm really excited. To just get in that theater and finally watch this movie after I'm, I'm hyped. I'm getting there. They're all the, the marketing is working for me. Um, I'm not. I'm also not that surprised about it tracking so high. I am still worried though because it is a packed week, and the week I think before is uh, is going to be into Spider Verse. So it's just going to be one of those like it, there's not going to be enough money for everybody. Somebody's going to suffer in some capacity. Uh, if we're, I mean, but we'll see what happens. I, I really do expect it to do well. It does seem like it has the upper hand at the moment. So I'm really excited for them Yeah. I mean,
1: we saw this earlier this year that uh, there is enough, there is enough room to, um, for, for all these movies to make a lot of money in a box office. I mean, the, the gap between Infinity War, then Deadpool, then uh, Han Solo. like Obviously, I believe mm-hmm. Mary Poppins will be larger um, than, than Han Solo, and you can make the argument Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse could be bigger than Deadpool, but you get what I'm trying to say. I do not think one's going to think from the other. I think the demographic for Mary it's Poppins cool. probably won't be the same for Aquaman. Um, so I don't really think it's taking much away from the other. Um, I think, if anything, you might have someone go see Aquaman Thursday night and then go see Mary Poppins, like, with their their girlfriend Friday or Saturday or something. So I don't think it robs anyone of, of a particular market, so to say. But, Dane, um, I'll go to you. What, what do you think? Do you think that there's this competition might take away from each other, or do you think there's enough to go around for, for everybody?
0: Well, first of all, I just wanted to make a little correction uh, miscommunication, but um, we actually, and we've been doing the Action Heat, uh, you know, uh, ads for a couple of weeks now, and we had that same exact code, but we did change it from GVN to Geek, G-E-E-K. They made us change it, and we appreciate them as our sponsor, so I wanted to just make sure that you guys know that any of the stuff that we said GVN just put in Geek. So, uh, either way, uh, as Aquaman and Mary Poppins, I think, are counter-programming. I think they're both going to make a lot of money. I, I still think Aquaman's going to edge out. It's projected to make $100 million the first weekend. So, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be – it's going to have a good run. I don't think it's going to get in its way. And it will be more for the people trying to go out for a family movie. Which well, not saying that they won't for Aquaman necessarily, but Aquaman I have a lot of hope for. Um, now hearing, you know, all the good buzz about it and how it's so much fun and, you know – I didn't have, just like, I apologize, but when it comes to all DC movies, you know, I don't have a lot of faith in them. And I'm glad that we're getting past that stigma, it seems, so we can kind of go in a more positive direction. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it in theaters. Visually, it looks amazing. Um, I think it's funny that, uh, I forgot what her name is, but the actress that played Mary Poppins, she's actually playing like a sea goddess. Uh, within this film. We're doing the voice for it. That's kind of funny that they... Julie uh, Andrews? Yeah, Julie Andrews. So that's kind of funny that they ended up doing that, but uh, very interesting and intriguing. Uh, Very meta. So, uh, yeah. Aquaman's still going to kick ass. I'm going to see both movies, but I'm going to see Aquaman like three times, probably, in that week. Yeah, you could
1: probably even say that was James Wan's uh, (laughs) little dig at Mary Poppins right there by... um by throwing her into the movie and saying that she plays a, uh, a crucial part, I believe, were, were the, uh, the exact words that he used for, for her character. Um, but, yeah, it, it's going to be – this movie, I feel like, is going to be so much freaking fun on an epic scale. Um, but, Nick, what are your thoughts on <clears throat> the positive reviews for Aquaman? Uh, and do you think uh, any of the movies coming out around it, like Mary Poppins and the Spider-Man movie – are going to really kind of mess up at the box office weekend?
2: Uh, I don't think they're going to mess up Aquaman, um, but I, I mean, granted, it, it is a holiday season, which is the biggest time for movies. Um, but I mean, I do kind of agree with Joelle. Like, that somebody's going to draw the short straw, uh, but I don't think it's going to be Aquaman. I think it's going to. I think it's going to have it be near at the top, um, if not at the very top. And
1: I don't know. I. I
2: I want to say Mary Poppins is going to do well um, because it should. But then again, like, that's that's one that could go either way, honestly. Like, I mean, I understand it's a family movie. You can take all the kids and everything. But, like, you know, I, I don't think Aquaman, like, if unless you have very young children, like, you could probably take your seven, eight, nine-year-olds to go see Aquaman. I doubt it's going to be um, anything that's going to be that graphic. So... Uh, so I don't know. Um, but as far as Aquaman and it's tracking, uh, that's awesome. Uh, the fact that it's getting such good early reviews, I essentially uh, heard somebody say, if you don't like Aquaman, you're basically like uh, somebody who had seen it said, you know, people who like won't like this movie are, are pretty much just going to like be killjoys. Like it's a really fun movie. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, which is, you know, t- obviously there's somewhat of a stigma with that. Um, but at the same time, for, it, for, particularly for DC, it's probably going to be a very nice breath of fresh air to have one of their movies not be so damn serious. So, like, I, I don't know. I'm, sure. I'm really excited for it. And I, I think it's going to be a huge home run for them and a much-needed one at that.
1: Absolutely. Um, And all the good press that it's getting should be an easy, seamless transition right into Shazam and then from Shazam right into Wonder Woman. Um, Those are possibly, you could say, up there, their three biggest movies they have in their universe so far. Uh, As far as, you know, no negativity, tracking very well, um, and possibly being a really good movie overall, not just some parts here and there of, actual full good movie um, so yeah th- this is really good for, for DC so we can only hope uh, that it continues after this going on from uh, Shazam but alright let's move on we have some more DC news uh, let's talk a little bit about Titan. Um, recently we had an interview with the lovely Connor Leslie who plays Donna Troy aka Wonder Girl Um, And she had a lot to to get off of her chest, so we're going to kind of unpack it a little bit and just very briefly go into uh, this this past episode, but it's more about unpacking the interview. Um, Connor Leslie, as we were talking, did tell me that when I asked her about the iconic costume for Wonder Girl, will we see her in costume, she said, be patient, it's possible. That to me means yes. So that's all I needed to hear from her. Uh, that's all I wanted to know. Um, also, I did ask her the idea of Donna Troy being on the show. Is that something that was brought in just for a short stint, or could we see her for the long term? She said the long term. Um, also, she said Donna's, uh, introduction to the show has a connection to Starfire, and she said we can expect to see her kick some butt. That excites me a lot. Um, Joel, now that I unpacked all the points from the interview, um, what kind of stands out to you the most, and what are you looking forward to the most of Connor Leslie's character Donna Troy?
3: Uh, just seeing her do her thing. Uh, I saw the episode uh, yesterday, and uh, it was a really good episode. It like it kind of left it ended on a on a nice little like like I, I didn't want it to end. It was one of the first episodes of this year that it ended, and I'm like, why did it end like that? It just left it just so open, but um, she did a great job as Donna, as Donna Troy. I really did. Uh, uh, it's not They don't see a lot of Wonder Girl uh, in, in live action, except for maybe that one in the 70s. <laughs> then we got very little over there. Um, but this is the first time we're seeing a older version of Donna brought to live action, and seeing her interactions with uh, Brent Thwaites as, as Dick Grayson. I thought those are all some of the best parts of that episode, were just seeing her interactions with uh, Dick Grayson I just thought she did a great job. I can't wait to see her costume and what version of it, because if anything, this damn show does one thing really well. It's the costume department, the the superhero costumes. I don't know the street clothes, that's a whole other thing, but the the costumes themselves, like between Robin and the hawk and dove, uh, I just can't wait to see what kind of, what version of that costume that that they give her and, and, and just see what it looks like. I just need to see what it looks like. I'm a big costume guy, so I mean, it's a bit it needs a lot for me there. But I, I, I look, she did a great job. Um, I can't wait to see more of her, because she did a great job. And I'm just one thing I can't wait to see they're. they're not going to resolve it, because I think at this point, she doesn't have really a code name anymore. She was Wonder Girl. She's kind of her own person now. Donna Troy is who she is. And maybe they're kind of, Donna Troy is basically what Jessica Jones is. That's her name and her her alias, you know what I mean? So maybe that's kind of what the direction they're going with with her is Donna Troy and Donna Troy, and I'm cool with that, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how her character evolves from there.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the most important things that she wanted to to make known, excuse me, uh, as we were talking to her was – We've seen Robin kind of spark up relationships with women from his past, women he's just meeting, like Corey. Uh, I think one of the most mm-hmm. important things she wanted everyone to know was this is a friendship. This is like a brother sister right. kind of kind of bond that her and uh, Grayson share. There is no romance. Mm-hmm. So like before people start shipping them and and coming up with with edits oh. of those two together, she wanted to make sure yeah. she she made it clear there is no relationship. <laughs> We had just really good friends uh, in in the show, Um, so I thought that was really important, mainly because the way we kind of asked her was, like, is this something that's a friendship? Is this a relationship? And she's like, no relationship, so that's great, (laughs) mainly because Dick Grayson should live his life just like Bruce does, and that's never committing to anyone, (laughs) Um, but dang what are your thoughts on um, kind of the breakdowns of what we kind of covered in the interview? And did you uh, actually see this, this week's uh, episode?
0: Uh, yeah, and I'm just floored by this television show. I didn't think that they were going to be able to approach such an adult level of storytelling. Um, you know, I just, I've had fun every episode. This one was great, too. I've not had mm-hmm. any problems with it. I've, I I love Teen Titans, you know, back from... Bring the older ones made in the 70s to the, more of the modern comics and Young Justice and Teen Titans. And Teen Titans go. You know, like the bitch. I can enjoy a SpongeBob fucking funny, you know, comic book show, but, you know, everyone has their issues. Yep. Either way, live action, it's awesome. How they're representing the characters, how we're getting this little amount of information, you know, about each character. And it still has like a sci fi feel to the, to the story itself. Like I keep on saying. I, I don't know if it's, like, the tone, but something about it reminds me very similar of Legion um, and uh, also Stranger Things, and I think it's a really good show. I love the rated R, you know, element. I didn't think they were going to go in that direction, and it's fun. I definitely recommend anyone watching it. Um, with Donna Troy, she is a great character. I believe she went by Troya in the comics as, like, a, a alias for her. She did. Um, I couldn't she did. I could be that. that's something that she could go by again. Um, I remember uh, she joined the Dark Hops in the 90s, too. It's a cool character. I like that. It's pretty much, from the introduction that we're going to get of Cyborg with the Doom Patrol, it seems like we're going to get Cyborg and also Donna Troy joining the Titans next year once they establish themselves as a team. And I'm assuming later on we'll get our Aqualad or our Superboy or those type of characters, too. So, I, if they just keep it sincere the spirit of the comics but even grasp that realistic style that they're going for, I'm okay for it. I know people are complaining that it's too dark, and I just think that they need a quit being pussies, basically. Or, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited about yeah. Donna. Oh,
3: yeah, Bring me Wally, yeah, no. man. Bring We're, me uh, Wally. I will
1: say, guys, um, jo- uh, and jo- uh, the, the biggest thing that stuck out to me in this episode that I was seeing a lot of people review it, and they kind of just glanced over it. I thought it was huge. Um, was just how this show finds ways to verbally let you know bigger things exist. Like, for example, the flashback of Dick um, storming into uh, his room that Donna's in there. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Dick goes, did did I hear Diana down there? Uh, No, I heard Bruce Mm -hmm. talking to someone. And uh, Donna's like, yeah, "Yeah, Diana's down there with him. Um, So, like, Mm -hmm. boom, right there you know the Justice League exists. And it, it's, so like, cool. small little things like that without them having to show them or us seeing yeah. posters or, or, you know, newspaper articles. None of that has to be done. It's, this show is one of those shows that it's important to listen. Uh, I think Legion has that feel, too. It's, like, you can't just watch it. You have to listen because then that's when you mm-hmm. can get some of these little, you know, tidbits uh, that you don't have to actually visually see to understand. Um and I love that and I also love the, yeah. um Excuse me the the green arrow line, uh where she said uh be something else, be someone else, and I was just like say Nightwing like say Nightwing right there <laughs> like here's yeah. your opening. Dude,
3: I, don't know. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah he's like I, I I don't know who I want to be I, I I don't know and I'm like say Nightwing that's your line like what are you doing. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun to see. Uh, what actually, what I want to say to you guys, what's interesting about the next episode? It seems like the next episode is catered to uh, Hawk and Dove, so it might yeah. not be a direct pickup from right. where this episode left off, which is super fun um, because I do want to get back into Dove and uh, Hawk and Dove um, because mm-hmm. we only saw them for like a little bit. I would like to see more of their backstory, more of uh, their first. Coming into contact with the original Dove. Yes. 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 I I did see that in the trailer. Thank you. Um, We do see the original Dove. So, just how that all manifests is going to be a lot of fun.
4: Is it somewhat
1: out of order? We can't really say until we see the episode, but would this have made more sense before we saw Hawking Dove? Yeah. But who knows? Maybe (laughs) it has something to do with where we are now in the story. Um, So, really quickly. Um, Joe, uh, how excited are you to see the backstory of Hawk and Dove uh, in this upcoming week's episode of Titan?
3: I'm very excited. I'm super excited because, like, I-, I like Hawk and Dove. I love what I've seen out of Hawk and Dove, and I'd love to know more about this version of Hawk and Dove. And now that I know we're going to definitely see, and we already knew that he was coming, but then we get to see his brother, uh, uh, the original Dove, and I'm really excited to see how that plays out.
1: Absolutely. Dane, uh, what are your
0: thoughts? Are you excited also, man? Man, I love Alan Richard. I think he's great. I think that he's playing Hawk. Hawk's a very layered character, you know, within the Mm -hmm. DC uh, you know, universe, within their comic books, at least pre-'52. He's got a lot of tragedies. I mean, he didn't handle what happened to Dove well, and um, obviously, well, even before that, when Dick Grayson decided to hook up with her. And if you homewrecker. <laughs> Anyways, um, but, but yeah, the the character's awesome. I'm wondering if his brother dies, just to add more to the tragedy he element might. of his character, he you know, to kind of like give. Uh, I'm just wondering if this series does well and we get it. I don't think he's been a Teen Titans villain, but them having Hawk, I wonder if he can make that uh, turn towards monarch or extant because he becomes a really huge villain in the comics. And uh, they can do a lot of cool things of of maybe she dies eventually and he just goes off the deep end. And then that's what consumes him is this darkness. And the actor they have, the actors they have are everyone's great, but I actually know him. And I like Nika Kelly, too, as Dove. But, you know, I've seen him in other Mm -hmm. stuff, and he's doing a great job just getting that layered, you know, uh, don't fuck with me vibe, basically, for the character. Mm -hmm. I think really works. That costume is great. Season. yeah,
1: I love that costume. I will say I would love one scene, uh whether it's the season finale or whatever uh once we get to once we finally see Raven dead um like all of these guys banding together to fight whatever uh comes their way, seeing maybe uh three or four of them in actual costume um towards the end of the season would be just freaking amazing. but I do want to see one large team up. Um, before the uh, the end of this season. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, but all right, guys, before we move on, I'm going to go to Dane for a word from our sponsors.
0: All right, well, I'm here with uh, some douchebags from Boston, so I'll let uh, this one talk uh, just take it over, okay? Hey, don't take my phone. Damn it. Let's talk about sex, good sex. Guys, remember the days when you're always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence and Listen up. bluetooth.com that's blue like the color blue. Bluetree.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it You can take them anytime, day and night, even on a, on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Dang, what do you think about them? Well, uh, thanks, Mark. Uh, yeah, yeah, I appreciate it, fucking asshole. Um, anyways, yeah, <laughs> I, I have to say that, you know, just off of me be using them and trying them, I, I've had a great experience. I take a medication, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys, that, and this might be something that happens to a lot of people out there. You know, something that if I if I mix it with alcohol, it can have some 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 uh, issues, you know, down below. But not only will I say that it's not just about that, it's not just about uh, maybe increasing length. It's also just about being able to last longer and, you know, helping out the misses. So I think it's very worth it to try it out. And, you know, it's it's a much more all natural uh and, and, and something that, that that is very quick, very, very active. Since it's chewable like it's like we said, it it's All of a sudden, you're ready within 30 minutes, and, you know, you got a a baby's forearm for a friend to to please a lady. But uh, either way, Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting to the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Uh, They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we have a special deal for our listeners Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code GVN. You just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code GVN, to try it free. BlueChew is a better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, bye, you douchebags. Back to you, John.
1: All right, thank you, Dane. Thank you, uh, Mr. Wahlberg, and thank you, Blue Chew, uh, for sponsoring us. All right, let's move on, guys. we got a lot of Marvel news, some very sad and some very uplifting. Let's start with the sad. Uh, apparently, Netflix has said, middle finger to everybody, we're done with the Marvel Netflix shows, uh, And they said that by canceling Daredevil after three seasons uh with with Netflix. Now, me and Joel had argued with each other about this only to both figure out that we were agreeing with each other. But according to Netflix, they were saying, um, the viewership uh, was down almost fifty seven percent in season three than what it was in season two. Now, I am with Joel. There is something obviously, uh, going on with Netflix, I do not put it on the viewership alone, mainly because I have seen a lot of Netflix movies uh, that were, like, really bad, and then I saw, like, another one. So, so like, I don't think viewership is, is really uh, they uh, they're deciding to act these shows, especially after Jessica Jones and Punisher are done. They're just done with all these guys. Um, so to be done with the idea of those before they even air... There's obviously something more to it. Nick, I'm going to start with you because I have not heard from you in a while. What are your thoughts
2: on Netflix axing Daredevil after three seasons? It sucks. Like, it really, really sucks. I mean, it, uh, it was by far their strongest show in, in the uh, their Marvel universe. Um, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, I mean, like you said, like, there's there's no way that they're going to continue any of them if they're not continuing Daredevil. Um, you know, if the ratings aren't there, if that really is what, what it, you know, boils down to, okay. Um, I mean, it's possible. Uh, you know, I mean, we've all said, you know, at various times when talking about these various shows, maybe 13 episodes was reaching a little bit. Um, more so I feel like in other shows than in Daredevil. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, maybe, maybe it's, was just a little too much and it wasn't necessarily sustainable. Um, The thing that for me that sucks the most is just not having like any sort of conclusion. Like, I mean, I, I, I would have to think they didn't, they didn't go into seasons two of um, Luke Cage and Iron Fist and season three of Daredevil uh, thinking that they were going to do this because I feel like if they had they would have had uh, like better better conclusions to the series as a whole. Um and at this point with all like all three of those and then obviously we're you know Punisher's not going to be around anymore and Jessica Jones so that's five altogether. Um you know with that being the case th- there's just no way that they can tie up all those loose ends even if they were to do a season 2 of Defenders to try to do it. Being that, you know that you know they've already made the decision to pull the plug on these three, and you know we'll we'll just you know, wait in here on the other two. But that's pretty much a foregone conclusion. I don't know why they would sink any money into tying tying over you know loose ends, uh, creating something that they know isn't isn't going to continue for them. Um, but yeah, I mean my my biggest thought is just man, it sucks. Like I kind of felt like it was coming, and we talked about that um, if not last week, the week before. Uh, basically you know because they hadn't announced its renewal yet and it had already dropped you know about a month ago um, it, I, even more than that actually um, it, it, it just it you could kind of feel like the see the writing on the wall and feel it coming that you know it, it just wasn't it wasn't going to get picked up and you know that's of course what ended up happening and yeah it, it really sucks because um, it's Definitely, I, I would say in my, like, top three things to watch on Netflix, like, uh, as far as the original content goes, like, it, it's easily in my top three, Daredevil is. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm really bummed about it. I'm looking forward to season three of Jessica Jones, season two of Punisher. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited, but, you know, it, it's, it sucks that we've kind of reached the end of the line.
1: Yeah, um, I, I'm also hearing that, and again, I do not talk to Netflix or any of the showrunners to actually know if this is truth or not. But I did hear also one of the biggest things Netflix wanted from all these shows were um, shorter seasons. Uh, they did not want 13 yep. episodes anymore. They were looking for around maybe eight to 10. Um, I think, which is maybe,
2: what Iron Fist gave us,
1: right? Um yeah. so I think I think honestly, if I'm being completely honest with you, I think that might have been one of the, the issues between Luke Cage and Netflix. Um, I think you, you telling a show that it's been two seasons being, what, 12 episodes, 13 episodes, that they now need to go down to eight, um, kind of forces you to make every episode um, fully flesh out the story, rather than setting the table for certain things for it to play out later in the season. Um, you're now forcing them to kind of jam-pack everything into a shorter season, to which I am sure someone of uh, the creative mind like a chao might be like, no, like, <laughs> like give me my 12 to 13 episodes. Um, but again, this is not me saying that's what the issue is. That's me kind of saying what I heard. Um, but Joelle, i go to you. Uh, what are your thoughts on Daredevil being canceled after three seasons?
3: Devastated. Very. I was very hurt, um, but not as hurt as I was when I heard about Iron Fist in the Cage because this one, it was already numb at this point because we kind of saw the writing on the wall. I think it was Nick Express. Um, as much as it hurts, um, we kind of saw it coming, and I figured, and I said it uh, a while back, I'm like, if they cancel Daredevil, no no one's safe. I mean the, I mean there's something that's it, they're leaving Netflix completely. Um when they originally cancelled Iron Fist Mook the Cage, they kinda left the door open that we'll see them in the future and you know, it was kind of a this split where like, yeah, we're canceling them, it doesn't mean it's over, type of bullshit. Um, but we never heard anything after that that came out and things just looked more bleak and more bleak and we're like, well, I don't know, well what's going on? And then at that point when it happened, it was like damn He's gone now too, and if you're gonna cancel Daredevil, you might as well just cancel them all. And that's basically what's gonna happen. They're gonna finish out their seasons, Jessica Jones and Punisher, and we're gonna say goodbye to Marvel Netflix. And that's that's basically it. Marvel leaving anyway, as we were talking about earlier. So this just mainly this is the final nail in the coffin. There's no more relationship between Netflix and Marvel once they're done. And will my my thing is will these characters live on? Of course they will. Well, the actors involved with these characters live on going forward as these characters is really the biggest question. I don't know. I would love to see them move over to, to either a Disney Plus or a Hulu, wherever Disney can throw them in. And we can, they can live on there and we can continue these stories. But there's no promise uh, that that will happen. They're not telling us anything, obviously. <laughs> uh, they're just saying we'll see these characters again someday um but we don't know when or how long it'll take and it's been a fun ride because I, I i'm probably the biggest fan of the Marvel netflix franchises all of them <laughs> uh probably been the most positive with them so it's just it hurts me a lot to see that especially daredevil uh, i mean and this show specifically has made me love the character of daredevil more than
2: i ever have
3: uh so it's just it sucks a lot of ass. And now you know, waiting for Jessica Jones to come up and punish her. As much as I'm excited I am to see those shows, it's going to be a very better suite to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, and we talked about this, Joelle. Uh, as far as, I think you make a really great point about, um, could we see these characters again? Absolutely. It's, but will we see the same actors playing these characters is what then kind of makes you go, I don't know. But what kind of leaves that as a strong possibility Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is a guy I could 100% see, uh, whether it's a cameo or whether it has something to do with the storyline, possibly popping his head up in a Spider-Man movie. Um, So, if you see him then pop into that, I think you might be able to, like, tell Charlie Cox, like, you know, we might have a scene where, you know, someone needs a lawyer and your billboard pops up or maybe, you know, you walk in, whatever. Like, so, I mean, it, it leaves that possibility there. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't think Kevin Feige is in a rush to put any of these guys in the movie world. Um, but Dane, what are your thoughts on Daredevil being canceled after three seasons?
0: You know, um, I was going to start off by actually showing the statement that this, this made on his Twitter, but it looks like he took it off. Um, oh, no, no, no. Okay. Sorry. It loaded. So yeah, I just kind of like bouncing off what you're just saying. Uh, On Twitter, Vincent said today, uh, Daredevil on Netflix is canceled, yet Daredevil is still out there, bloodstained, high up poised, in the moonlight, moving below him on a street, a flash of light moving through the sea of darkness, Hell's Kitchen. This image folds into a black suburban uh, screeching into the night, and it's got a picture of his giant-ass fist. So... That doesn't mean anything, but I thought that was really cool that he's kind of addressing it. Um, I, I really, I find this extremely unfortunate. Uh, it sucks. Uh, I'm not happy about this at all. Uh, it's really, uh, they can try to like say ratings and, and whatnot. Um, I think it just comes down to, and, you know, after listening to a pretty good detail episode uh, with John Campion kind of going over this, it comes down to, Disney and Netflix's relationship now. Netflix basically doesn't want to make a home like they're going to keep because they 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 own the rights for the um, you know to have a television show with these characters. That's why they're keeping those shows on their network. Uh, Netflix made a statement about it actually, um, but either way, you know that's that's going to stay there. But they're not going to be doing anything further with the show, obviously. So. I, I just feel like it was because, you know, Disney was doing all this. They don't want to represent the characters and give them more credibility, you know, since they're going to be a competing factor against them. And um, I don't know because there was stupid bad blood between Kevin Feige and uh and, Pugh Mutter and Jeff Loeb if we're actually going to see these characters on um, – or at least the actors playing these characters since – even though yes, it was technically established that these were in the same universe, that was by Netflix. That wasn't by the movie. So you got to realize that. Um, and uh, it just seems to me, you know, based off of final statements uh, from from Marvel, that they said Marvel is extremely grateful uh, to the huge audience that loved Marvel's Daredevil from the moment young uh, Matt's first act of heroism to the birth of. Page Murdoch, and Nelson. It has been an unbelievable journey. We are incredibly proud of the amazing showrunners and writers, uh, starring, starting from Jude Goddard and Stephen Knight, Michael Ramirez and Doug Petty and Eric Olson, Charlie Cox, our Wool, Elden Eldon Henson and Vincent Alphea on our cast, who brought our characters to life with such excellence. And everyone of the fantastic crews in North, uh, in New York, uh, and this is the big one. We look forward to more adventures with the man without fear in the future. So that's their statement. I know that Netflix immediately said something as well. Like I was saying, um, where is it? I have all this stuff prompted, and now I'm lost. It. Um, they, they 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 clarified that they wanted to end the series. They decided to end the series on a high note. I don't know if that series is doing well for you because there's been actually a lot of people that have looked into the concept of them saying it was because of low ratings, and even though it didn't perform as much as last year, it was still killing most of the competition on their network as far as viewership. so seems mm-hmm. kind of seems kind of weak of a reasoning. Uh, while the series on Netflix has ended, the three existing seasons will remain on the service for years to come while the Daredevil character will live on in the future projects of Marvel. So what I'm thinking is that they're thinking about cuz I don't know if they're going to have issues and have to buy from Netflix rights to be able to produce another streaming, you know, series with these characters. Uh, and I don't know if Kevin Feige and you know, he's great and everything, will technically be petty enough not to choose the same actors and make it his own, but I feel like we should maybe get a Marvel Knights movie now within the future that maybe taking the film something that they own and being characters they haven't used yet, some of these characters could be projected on film. Now, whether or not those are the same actors, like I said, I have no idea. I think that that would be, if they do any project, whether it be on their streaming network, uh, you know, uh, and it's not rated all as much, or in a movie, you know, if Disney and, and, and Marvel are going to try to do something with these characters, I think that they would be making a big mistake without just, they don't have to recognize the continuity, but keeping the actors that they have and, you know, not changing that aspect if they decide to use them in a feature film or a series on their Disney Plus network.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, at the end of the day, I, I think the, the main reason why uh, Netflix canceled these shows um, is just the idea of them being petty. Uh, I mean, that's, that's the only thing I could think. Because you can't tell me that Daredevil wasn't making you money. You can't tell me Punisher Season 1 wasn't making you money. You cannot tell me Luke Cage Season 1 wasn't making you money. Uh, I mean, Netflix is huge as far as their original content. Some of that original content, you can't tell me, had better ratings than than Daredevil. And they're still being made. Like They're still continuing. So I think it was a level of petty. I I think to a small degree they were a little upset that Disney... um, was opening up their own streaming uh, service, uh, and you know, this doesn't, them canceling these shows obviously don't hurt Marvel, so I'm not saying they were being petty in the sense of hurting them. I just mean petty in the sense of like, yeah, no, i now I cancel these shows, and you know, we have the rights to your characters. Kind of like what I think Universal does every day it wakes up and says, no, nah, I'm not going to make a Hulk movie, and no, nah, I'm not even going to listen to uh, a deal giving Marvel back the Incredible Hulk. Um, they just being petty by just sitting on the Hulk, throwing them into uh, their amusement parks and stuff like that, and just saying, nah, we're done with movies, but we'll just hold on to the character. So, I mean, pe- petty in a, in a sense of that. Um, because I think Universal is the ultimate definition of petty. Well, um, but, Mike, you know, like I also
0: said, though, uh, Joanne it's also at the level of pettiness of Kevin Feige going, no, I'm not going to use those actors or any of the uh, continuity of those shows. We're going to get new actors to play them, because I hate you know, Mutter, which, hey, they had a lot of, fuck, they had a lot of issues and I know they do not like each other but I would hope that you would rise above that and realize the integrity of the characters that were built so far from them, especially Daredevil Punisher, you know, to just keep the same actors and just do your own thing kind of with them but keep them to that same, you know, I'm not saying it has to be super dark but like, if you're going to do movies, they need to be like on the Winter Soldier side of things. Um, than anything else with those characters to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Kevin Feige, though, uh, I completely agree with what you're saying. I think Kevin Feige has been very consistent on saying (laughs) we're not looking to add any of these characters to to the movie universe, even though uh, the Russo brothers actually said that, you know, they they had played with the idea of adding these characters in, but it's just like it's so much to do. And you already had like a billion characters already in Infinity War, so it's like it just didn't play out. Um, so I mean, it's like you never know. But do I disagree, uh, do I uh, do I agree with what you're saying as far as those two sides being very petty with each other? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, do I think if Kevin Feige got a chance to put these guys in movies, he might recast them?
4: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I do. <laughs> I 100% do, yeah. It, it, it screams Kevin Feige. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's a future we have to set ourselves up for, but there is a glimmer of hope that we could either see it revived again, maybe down the line, um, or taken somewhere else, or we might have to come to the fact that if we see them in the movie, they're going to be by different people. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Kevin what? Feige does find far- – go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: No, I was going to say I was wrong last week when when you guys were talking about Hulu as an option. Technically, Hulu is an option, especially once they completely absorb Fox because Disney already has shareholds within Hulu, and that's the reason why Runaways is on there. And once they get Fox, they're going to have a huge chunk of Hulu still as well. So if they were to work out something with the television rights, there is technically – the idea of keeping that rated our platform and using it and putting it on Hulu. But I wouldn't get your hopes up. It's just something that might be an option. But it takes a lot of stuff to change to be able to make that thing happen, basically.
1: I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I, I do think at some point Runaways might, uh, you know, I have, I have to see Season 2 first before I even go into what I'm going to say. So let me just, let me just continue. Um, all right. Let's, let's move on to our, our next topic. The Russo Brothers had a Q&A for a showing of Infinity War again, um, where they answered a crap load of stuff. But what they refused to answer is anything about Avengers 4. Typical. Um, but they did give us a lot of great tidbits, um, starting with Russo Brothers said, Evan is not done with Cap yet. And then they followed that by saying, take that how you want. (laughs) So it's like, what? (laughs) So now when people originally heard this, they were just like, oh, man, that means he's not going to die. No, that's not what that means. It means we could see Chris Evans as Cap in cameos. I mean, he was a cameo in Spider-Man Homecoming. That was a cameo. Um, So there's so many different ways they could still use that character whether it's old recordings that they're playing, uh, you know, like through, through the Avengers Tower or whatever. Like there's so many different ways to do it. Um, Dane, I'm actually going to start with you. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on them saying Evan isn't done with Cap yet? Uh, and what are some of the ideas that you think Cap could still show up uh, on the big screen without actually having to fully be there for like three, four picture movie deal? Like without him having a, a long-term deal, what are some of the other ways? you can imagine
0: seeing Chris Evans as Cap? Well, first off, I have to say that uh, I hate to think like this, unless I don't tell anyone, and I guess I can just get over that. It just seems like there's high stakes with everything with the next movie. But Cap's not going to die. I feel like that's even more of a signal that Tony's probably going to bite the bullet. But uh, you didn't ask me about that. You were asking specifically about Chris Evans sticking around. I'm going to compare it with um, a wrestling concept, you know, uh, professional wrestlers, when it comes to performing, they get burnt out after, you know, wrestling 300 plus days a year um, going from live show to live show to dark show, you know, all that, constantly, every week and stuff like that. So eventually, once you've helped build something, you get a little bit older, you know, like Daniel Bryan or, or Randy Orton, you you become a part-time guy where you can have certain shows off and and come and just do a pay-per-view and and just do a lot less, I feel like that's the same thing that Chris Evans is going to be doing as far as Captain America. If this is not all just a ruse and he actually dies in the movie and they're just, you know, taking our hearts and putting a needle into it, um, I think that uh, Cap is going to be possibly showing up in certain places. I don't know where they... I, I guess Black Panther would be a good place to have him show up. Certain movies you could have him show up for a part of it, maybe help out another hero, and it would be a lot of fun. I don't think Chris Emsworth is going anywhere. I actually think that because of the uh, revitalization of the Thor series with Ragnarok, I could see them doing another one with Taika Waititi. Um, and uh, Tony's the one that I think is going to be gone. I, I also think that if this is the case, we we'll probably will see Chris Evans on that uh, Falcon um Bucky television show and just parts of it. Um so I that's kind of exciting. I don't want him to go at all. If he wants to do a little bit of side parts and like I said, once they've established Wolverine and they've already had Spider Man and then they decide to do the new Avengers storyline and get sentry and I'm just geeking out right now. You know, that would be fucking awesome. Get Tony to come back as a hologram. I don't give a shit. I'm just saying. Cap wants to stay, he's my Captain America and I don't want to change him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing with with this is it's like I I don't think, and I'm not disagreeing with you at all because I think we all kind of assume either Tony or Cap is the one that's gonna actually bite the bullet at the end of day four. Um, I think there's just so many different ways that he could still, like, he could die in four, and they could still use Chris Evans uh, Captain America. And whether it's holograms, whether it's old videos, uh of, of shot of scenes that they might have shot but not used, that they throw in as videos of like Falcons watching of old times of him and Caps. So there's just so many different ways and different things they um, but Nick, what are your thoughts on the Russo brothers stating Evans isn't done with Cap yet?
2: Yeah, I mean it it it's um it, it is interesting I, I definitely don't think that means that he is safe uh, in, in Avengers 4. Um, I, I I do agree with you there there are a lot of ways you could utilize the character um, with with the television show aspect of of Bucky and Falcon, um, flashbacks, uh, dream sequences, various things like that um, could could certainly work. Uh, I think something that could be really cool is when they finally make a good Fantastic Four movie. Um, Now, I've been a huge proponent of setting it in the early 60s during the space race. And I think, like, if you had it set in the early 60s with, say, Reed being, um, I don't know, 30, 40 years old, somewhere in that ballpark... That means when he was a kid, Captain America was, like, a big fucking deal. Um, so, like, that, you could see, like, a, a Captain America cameo when, you know, Reed is, is a young child. Um, that, you know, that, that could certainly be uh, an aspect. And you could maybe even see, um, you know, uh, something to the effect of if you make him just, you know, slightly on the older side, you could actually see Reed having had been uh, a veteran uh, and maybe um, involved in in some of the uh, science aspects of, you know, the Marvel Universe's World War II uh, side of things. Um, So I I think there's a lot of ways if you're going to set um, Fantastic Four in the 60s originally until, uh, you know, essentially they – Enter the quantum realm, and then it's something like that, and then they come out in present day. Um, you know, I, th- I certainly think you could see uh, him pop up in that regard, which would be really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I I would rather. It's so it's so tough, man. Because honestly, you could either see Tony or Cap like make the big sacrifice, um, and I think it would. Almost kind of mean more if it's Tony because everything started with him, but I, just as like far as you, you know, there's not really uh, um, uh, at least a character in in the MCU right now that could be handed the Iron Man mantle. Of course, you know in the comics we have Ironheart, um, but that character isn't in the MCU yet. Uh, so I mean, I would I would l- I'd really hope uh, that. You know, we we would basically get to keep Tony if I had to pick one or the other, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting to see how all that pans out. I mean, for sure, but uh, but yeah, I don't I don't think definitely don't think this means that uh, Chris Evans is, is is his cap is safe uh, in Avengers, in Avengers four.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, as far as someone, I think the reason we all keep a ship – well we originally thought Cap was the one uh, that was going to bite the bullet. And I'm talking, like, a few years ago when we heard mentions of Infinity War. It's because Evans is the only one that's really stressed the idea of wanting to, <laughs> to stop being uh, his respective character. Like, he's the main one that's like, yeah, I'm, I want to take a break. Like, I'm kind of done playing this, this, this character. I think, you know, I've done everything that I can do. Everyone else is just like, yeah, no, Marvel knows just to call me. I'm there. Like so, I've never heard Robert Downey Jr. say like, "Yeah, man, after this, I I think I'm done." So it's like to me, I'm like, if you're if you're gonna choose, like, kill the guy that's saying he he's okay not being Captain America anymore. Keep the guy who is not only the Godfather of the the MCU, but that's that's who you start everything with. So to me, it's like, please keep Stark. <laughs> You can take Chris Evans. Um, but, yeah, I mean, don't uh, no mean, you know, am I saying that Cap will live or die. I'm just saying if you do uh, kill him, there's still ways to use his likability. There's still ways to use his character um, that doesn't die with him. So there's still a bunch of different things that you could do. Um, excuse me, Joel, uh, I'll go to you. What are your thoughts on the Russo brothers saying Evan is not done with Cap yet? Just so vague.
3: It is vague. Being- and, um, I got a lot of questions this week just because of that stupid quote. And I was asking me what that means. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I mean, they can mean a lot of different things. He left, like like you said, he doesn't necessarily get, just because he dies doesn't mean necessarily go, necessarily go away. He's not really dying. Um, in the movies, you can use them in different ways. Uh, like you said, in like in videos or flashbacks or even sequence, a whole bunch of bullshit you can use them for. Um, so yeah, in that way he could still be around, even though I think it's more of a cop out to to say that. I I would say maybe he doesn't die, but maybe he does. I don't want to think too much into it. I want to be surprised when the movie comes out that he's alive or he's dead. And so, in my opinion, it's I'll take their words for it, and, and I, you could. But at the same time, I'm gonna be very skeptical of what the fuck they they meant by that. So for me, I don't want to see Chris Evans die. I don't want to see. Cap go away, and not that version of Cap go away. But I I'm also feel the same way about Tony Stark, and and I don't want to see him die. Because <laughs> mainly I don't want to see Cap or Iron Man die. Because how can you take them away before like we finally get the X Men and the Fantastic Four? And how did, that version of the Avengers not like interacting with those versions of the X Men and the Fantastic Four will bother me. deep down inside. But I get it. There's got to be some type of consequences for at the end of the Infinity War or whatever the fuck they call them and Someone's going to die. I don't know who it is. I hope no one dies. I'll be very happy if no one dies.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, like Honestly, <laughs> a part of me is like, no, no, no. Someone has to die. But then like the other part is like, I think I'd be pretty cool if no one dies. Like, <laughs> if everyone made it so we can get them Throughout the you know the rest of what Spidey uh, is doing right. for the, right. the Marvel Universe because I mean for the you're fight with me, Galactus like, they gotta be exactly there. like <laughs> I, I want that and what's crazy is I just finished watching Earth Mightiest Heroes that that series finale where you see all of them team up against Galactus like that's right. possible now so it's like you tell me you it, want to kill all some of the OGs. Right when it's possible to get the one thing we've been waiting for since the first Iron Man movie came out and Samuel Jackson exactly. said he wanted to talk to him about the Avengers initiative? No. All
3: right, right. <laughs> all right. You see where I'm coming so,
1: from. But we'll see. Uh, but all right, let's move on. Uh, more news for the Russo brothers. They stated they are done with superhero movies unless Marvel calls them about a secret wars movie. Another reason why you got to not want to kill people off. But, (laughs) Nick, I'm going to start with you. Uh, How long do you think it will be before the Russo brothers get that phone call for a Secret Wars movie?
2: Uh, I'm sorry, for what? I'm sorry, for a
1: Secret Wars movie.
2: Oh, dude. Like, yeah, I mean, they're going to do it. They have to do it. I mean, they're already setting it up, I mean, with Captain Marvel. So, I... I think the fact that they openly have interest for it I would be very surprised if Kevin Feige hasn't already talked to them about it and is you know probably just being like you know we got you know a few things like you know Kevin Feige he's like I got like 7 movies 8 movies that I need to like fully set it up how I want to set it up but you know that'll that'll take like 3 years tops and then we'll bring you guys back in. You'll have a whole new like bevy of characters to play with, Fantastic 4, X-Men, etc. Um so I mean I yeah, I think they're probably it, it, I th- I feel like discussions have probably already happened at least um like, you know, uh the preliminary discussions if you will.
1: Yeah, knowing <laughs> knowing Kevin Feige as they were probably shooting Infinity War, he was just like just so you guys know, I want a secret war. So, yeah, just a heads up. Like, that, that's probably already been some Kevin Feige's just, like, throwing their way. And the idea that they said that probably means they know after this they're gone for a few years and then they're back to do secret wars. So, when I heard them say that, I immediately went, oh, so they know exactly when it's going to be. They're going to take their break, do other movies, other shows, other ventures. I know one of them opened up a a brand new bar. They know exactly when they're coming back to do it. It's not a matter of if Marvel calls me, if they want us back. They already know they're coming back to do it. As soon as I heard that, I was just like, oh, okay. These guys already know. Um, Dane, what are your thoughts? Uh, When do you think uh, we'll be getting a Secret Wars movie? Do you think it'll be in like three years, four years, five years? Or do you think it's something that Uh, might take a lot longer for it to all pan out.
0: You're talking about one of the biggest event comics in Marvel of all time. Um, The one that kind of started off event comics, if you will, in the 80s. But I hope it happens. I would like it. You know, you don't necessarily have to, like, have this be the Thanos Concept. What I mean is, like, everything's built up to Thanos and Infinity War. You can still do that, I think, like, you know, everyone's been saying with Galactus being the next endgame. But you could do a fantastic one off that involves this and kind of maybe introduces Galactus within it and try to go on the same storyline about the Beyonder. And he basically just grabs all the Marvel heroes and villains because he's such a god and pins them against each other. Uh, and makes them fight each other for his amusement, basically. And I think that would be a lot of fun to kind of, you know, then you actually will have probably the X-Men established who are a part of it. So, yeah, I, I could see this game done in the next five years. I don't think it's going to be like an end game storyline, but I think the Russo brothers would come back to do it, uh, and I think that Marvel would be kind of, you know, silly not to go that route possibly within the future. So we'll have to see, but I would love for that to happen.
1: Yeah, man, I'm completely with you. I think Secret Wars is something that we we desperately want. I even kind of got a Secret Wars feel from what I'm assuming Far From Home is going to be. Joelle, am I wrong to kind of get that feeling from some of the 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 behind-the-scenes photos, or rather set photos, rather, uh, that we saw from Far From Home? And and how long do you think it will be before we get a Secret Wars movie?
3: Well, I think you uh, you're letting uh, mysterious illusions uh, um, fool you into preempting Secret <laughs> Wars so early. Um, <laughs> Nothing
1: new, Joel. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so Secret Wars would be great, obviously, uh, and I do think they will. Well, they, I think they do know something. I, I actually agree exactly with what Nick and 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 Dane were saying. Um, and, and it's just like. I think it can be done within maybe the next maybe in the five years. Or so, because they got to establish a couple things first. Um, we have to implement the the Fantastic Four and the X Men. Um, they have to establish what they're going to do with the Eternals, uh, what they're going to do with the Guardians, and of course, where we go from here after you know, with the Avengers. So, there's just a lot of question marks that need to be settled. And then once that gets in there, and we'll we'll have a bigger idea of what to do with the the. The cosmic side of the Marvel Universe, and once we go there, they'll probably tease along the way the Beyonder, and then we can go from there. And then that'll like I think with saying something in the middle, uh, something in between. Of course, the long game, which will probably end up being Galactus. Or at least we twelve. <laughs> and um, but I, I can't imagine it. Probably won't be Sea Wars the way we imagined it. It'll probably be something different and, and new. But um, as long as Sony keeps making money, maybe we can get Venom. That. Um, that'd be great, <laughs>
1: and um, we can go from there. I just, I'm excited. Yeah, it's also going to be exciting to see what world the MCU is in uh, by the time we get to Secret Wars. I mean, because Kevin right. Feige said, you know, he's kind of trying to go a different feel um, after the Avengers 4 movie going forward. So to see what right. the world will be like um, after that, will be very interesting. Um, yeah. All right, let's move on to one more final uh, Marvel topic. This one interests me the most, mainly because of what I assume this is This is the name. Uh, Joel, correct me if I'm wrong, but apparently the Scarlet Witch show is being called Scarlet Witch in Vision.
3: Yeah, that's apparently okay. what it's so, being called. Yeah.
1: Okay. So Scarlet Witch and Vision show will officially be the name of their new uh, show on the Disney Plus app. That is very interesting because they have never called her Scarlet Witch. That is her X-Men name. So if they're calling her Scarlet Witch now,
2: ugh, okay, before I start to geek
1: out, let me go to you first, Nick. What are your thoughts on the idea of a show uh, with the two of them and the, the official name of Scarlet Witch and Vision?
2: I mean, it's predictable. I mean, it's kind of plain, like. But I mean, yeah, that's, nice. that's kind of what that's kind of what they go for, you know. Like, um, like I was a big, like just Disney in general, not just, um, not not just their the Marvel side of things. Like I was a big proponent of um, titling Solo Smuggler's Run because I was like, that sounds really cool, and like have Han Solo be in it, and like obviously he's a smuggler. We know we're going to get the Kessel Run to, like, Smuggler's Run. Like, it sounds really cool. But they went with Solo because of branding and and yada, yada, yada. Um, So, I mean, that's kind of what I expected um, for the title. But what intrigues me, obviously, is when is this going to take place? And, you know, I I mean, one of two things. Either it needs to take place before Infinity War... Or somehow vision uh comes back to is um reanimated, so like mm-hmm. that's kind of what intrigues me the most is like how, what does that mean like obviously they know everything that we don't know, so like a lot of a lot of what we're gonna get out of this show is going to be very dependent upon what we get in in Avengers four um which again, that is just. Uh, such an exciting feeling because, you know, with, with the Marvel Netflix universe, RIP, um, you know, we never had that like direct connection. You, the, the closest, like the thing that, you know, we, we had with agents of shield. Um, but, you know, I mean, it dealt with, um, it, it It didn't have like a firm connection Uh, to the MCU, it just revolved around what was going on in the MCU with all of these various other characters. So now we're going to get to see our, you know, some of our favorite MCU characters and how their one-offs and and various series like directly connect to the the greater MCU Um, and that's just super fucking exciting. Like, I'm so, so pumped for this and to see how it all like, plays out and how it all interconnects, and, like, dude, can you imagine, too, um, just really quickly, like, at, like I've, like, w- followed those links that are, like, the, the, the proper way to, like, watch the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's literally got, like, all of the movies spread out and all the various, like, the, to, to fit the timeline, it's got all the, like, um, the one shots like plugged in where they need to go, all the episodes of agents of shield plugged in where they need to go um and like now you're going to be adding like a whole another element with all of these like one off uh or, or spin off uh the uh, either mini series or t v series like dude, it's Disney is king man and uh and and like we're just all fry right now, like you know take my money because it's, it's fucking awesome.
1: Yeah. Uh, At this point, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anything we want to do, just take our money at this point. Um, I think what excites me the most is, is what that name Scarlet Witch opens the door for. Um, Is what blew me away with, with the reveal of the, of the title. Uh, I agree. It's a very plain and black title. Um, But, him calling her Scarlet Witch is what stood out to me the most. Um, I think you sure. me about that. Um, what well, like, doors it open?
2: Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, and, and like, to think like, you know, I mean, I think, Dane, I think you had this idea as kind of a reverse um, House of Them scenario in which she, like, envisions mutants um, or, you know, is it, some connection to how mutants are are brought into the MCU, so how crazy would it be if, like, say, the season finale of her, like, her envisioned show is, like, what triggers, like, the mutant population, like, or something like that, like, how, like, crazy would that be, and then, you know, for all of the fucking idiots who don't get Disney+, you know, they're gonna immediately go out and buy Disney Plus because it's like, dang, dude! Like, I have to watch all these shows because, like, look at what you know just happened. Like, um, there will, so much, so much ways uh, that you know they're gonna be boosting their streaming service um, with with this, with, with all of these various avenues that they now have at their at their disposal.
1: Absolutely, and I'll, I'll kick it to you, Dane. I mean, because I think with the Disney Plus streaming service opens is a lot of these characters that we might look at and go, they don't really need their own movie. We now know they can just have their own show. And once, you know, Disney is cleared to getting all the rights back, or Marvel rather, is getting all the rights back from, from Fox, and it opens the doors for a lot of characters that we're like, we want to see more of, maybe get a show. Instead of us having to cross our fingers for a movie down the line, we now have the possibility of them getting a show. So Disney group? Plus app just, yeah, the Disney Plus app just opens up so many freaking doors. And we now know, like, we don't have to put, um, like, people in a box now because it's like if Tom Hiddleston is doing a show, it now makes me think anyone is, is, is up to do a show because it seems like the, the, the money is good. So it's like we now don't have to go, well, that actor would never do it. I think he might, and I think they could afford him. Um, but, Dane, what are your thoughts on Scarlet Witch and Vision, uh, the show for the, the Disney Plus streaming app?
0: i am start by saying I, I think the title is sexist. Um, I think that, you know, I, I guess because Vision's like a robot that he's not man enough to have the title. So it's kind of it's sad. You know, this is 2018, and we're still dealing with this type of stuff, guys. Come on! <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Lady first dame. Uh already got
3: wh- No, the show is actually called Vision in the Carnotwoods.
0: That's the Oh is it? Whoa. Oh yeah. shit. Alright, well I am I am outraged. Sorry, Dave, go ahead. Why wouldn't <laughs> they put why wouldn't they put the female character first? That's <laughs> bullshit. What is this? Ant Man and the Wasp? What is this? Ant and the Wasp? This is really Fucking ridiculous! This is 2018, people. We're about to go into 2000. Anyways, um, <laughs> I am very, very excited about this show. I think that it's going to be awesome. I mean, everything that you guys said, basically, it, it, there's a chance, especially the fact that they're they're, you know, calling her Scarlet Witch, that they might incorporate some comic book elements of maybe introducing some X Men, maybe doing lots of different things and incorporating it. So. Whatever they decide to do, I am extremely excited about uh, to check out different characters I like from the MCU getting their own show. Howard the Duck, come on, just do it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you, man. I'm just hoping the name Scarlet Witch opens the door for the term mutants. We need it.
0: I, I, get I
3: think you're overthinking that,
4: but yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I'm just saying
2: it's a possibility. I knew you were going to say that. By the I way, mean, I, really I, are. <laughs> I, I just love how, uh, like, on the last segment, Jawan, like, saved the most speculative question and passed it to the person who likes to speculate the absolute least. <laughs> and you're like hey, but let, let me let me throw the like super highly speculative question to you, Joel. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, no, Joel's very
1: very gray area. Yeah, you're right. I probably should have thought that one over a lot better. Uh, <laughs> right. Let's move on to our last topic that I want to make sure um definitely Nick and, and Dane get enough time to talk about. Um <clears throat> let's get into Nick Nolte joining the cast of the Mandalorian. I keep trying to put an S at the end of it, but it's just Mandalorian. Uh, Nick, I'm going to start with you. What
2: are your thoughts on the cast? Dude, it's fucking awesome. I love Nick Nolte. He's an awesome actor. Um, he doesn't do nearly as many movies as he used to do. Um, but, like, one, one of the movies that he was really good in that's somewhat recent was a movie called Warrior. Um, it was a UFC movie, it had, um, Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy, and he played, um, their, their estranged father, and God, his performance in that is so good, like, there is a particular scene in that movie, if you have seen the movie, um, there is a hotel scene in that movie, um, and it is really powerful, um, some of his best acting work that I've ever seen in a singular scene um, happens in that movie. He's a he's an A-lister, man. Like he doesn't get the sort of billing that he he once got, but he is a great actor. And like I'm, I'm of course Disney always wants to keep things like real real close to the vest, so we don't know. Um, what his capacity is going to be as far as character or anything. Um, but I'm just super excited. I was really excited when they announced that Pedro Pascal was going to be the lead. And, like, this just adds to my excitement. This I, this is probably, like, my most, like, hyped, like, Star Wars thing out there, um, out of any of the, like, spinoff stuff outside of Episode 9 um, It's got to be this. And with John Favreau being behind it, like, dude, two great actors, Great director, um, one of the the coolest like races in in the Star Wars universe. Like this is going to be fucking awesome. I can't wait.
1: If this were a movie, this would have like box office magic written all over it. Yeah. Um, Dane, uh, what are your thoughts on the casting of Nick Nolte uh, joining the Mandalorian?
0: Oh, I think it's awesome. Nick Nolte is a great actor. Uh, I haven't seen him in a lot recently. I want to see a a. a, a um... A remake of Grumpy Old Men with him and Clint Eastwood. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun. Anyway. <laughs> oh
4: my god,
0: that um, would be amazing. <laughs> uh, but then is a great actor. They already have Pedro Pascal. I think that this is really I think that he's gonna like since it's kinda got a western feel, I feel like he's gonna be like one of those old school gunslingers, if you will, like one of those yeah. old bounty hunters that Pedro knows or maybe mentors him, or maybe he's a bad guy. I don't I don't really know but I'm really looking forward to it. Great older actor, great up-and-coming actor as the lead. Definitely want to see it. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited.
1: All right, and Joel, what are your thoughts <clears throat> on Nick Nolte joining the cast of Mandalorian?
3: Uh, my first initial thoughts are surprising. I did not see that coming. <laughs> uh, Nick <laughs> Nolte joining a Star Wars anything me. So Cool. You know, I'm excited because I don't know what to expect, you know. Um, But I, like Nick, i am very excited for The Mandalorian. It's probably my most anticipated, aside from maybe Episode nine itself. Uh, so I, I'm just – I don't know what he – or what in what capacity, but I'm excited to see him work.
2: All right. I think
1: we're all on board for this, Catherine. I think we just want The Mandalorian to be out, like, tomorrow. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Uh, this topic is uh, whatever to me, mainly because I think I'm going to see the movie in theaters Because the animated movie always scared me as a kid, but Tom Hanks is in talks to playing Geppetto in a live-action <laughs> Pinocchio movie. I, I, I don't want to see that movie. I know it's going to be even scarier to me than the animation. Anyway, uh, Nick, I'm going to start with you. What are your thoughts on Tom Hanks being in talks to
2: playing Geppetto? Dude, it's fucking awesome. Like, Tom Hanks is is awesome. Like, if you don't like Tom Hanks, you're probably not American. Um, You know, (laughs) it's the moral of this story. Um, But, yeah, like, I mean, the dude just got done uh, filming a a movie about Mr. Rogers, in which he plays Mr. Rogers. Um, And, you know, like, I'm super excited to see that. And, yeah, if he plays Geppetto, that would be super cool. I'm just really intrigued how they're going to, like, shoot – the living inside the whale part of that movie, like, that intrigues me if nothing else. Like, how are you going to pull that off? Like, shooting that, uh, you know, doing everything, uh, you know, following everything that happens at, at that part of the movie. Um, I'm really intrigued by it. I think it could be really interesting.
1: Yes. All right. Uh, Tane, what are your thoughts on Tom Hanks been and talks to playing Geppetto?
0: I mean, you're literally talking about possibly my favorite actor of all time. So, with a role like this, I think that he'll be able to... I I, I, just, I always have a, a, like faith in anything that Tom Hanks picks. And I'm right with you, Juwan. I remember being younger, and that movie scared the shit out of me um, when I was younger. I think <laughs> Wonderland was like that, too. It just creeped me out a little bit. But... Um, but I love it. I've seen it, I, well, at least not now, but it's been years, but I saw it a million times. So, then doing a live-action adaptation, I think, should be really interesting. Um, and I like the casting of Tom Hanks. He's an incredible actor. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to be down for this.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was, just, it was really creepy when I was a kid. Man. But, uh, Joelle, where do you think the casting of Tom Hanks as Geppetto?
3: Well, you can't go wrong with that. Um, Tom Hanks is one of the best actors in Hollywood, one of the best people on the um, planet, and I, why not? You know, uh, I didn't even know they were going to make a Disney Pinocchio live action, but why the fuck am I of not? Of they were. <laughs> They're doing everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm down, though. You know, it is what it is. I can't wait to see how how they do it and what way they, they interpret everything at, uh, with Pinocchio and Jiminy Cricket and one of my favorite characters and so. I look forward to seeing how they pull it off. I really. I'm like, I can't wait to see the whole whale thing too. Uh, uh, Nick, I have no idea how that's gonna work, but I'm looking forward to it regardless. And you can't go wrong with Tom Hanks. You really can't. I mean, that's a good way to start off your your movie. Because if it was just Pinocchio as it is, I don't know if I'd be as, as excited if it was the fact that you said, "Oh, Tom Hanks is involved as Geppetto." I'm like, "Oh, I'm in."
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that would like beat Tom Hanks is if you got a time machine, went back to like 1985, and got Peter Falk. Uh, the dude who uh, yeah, was the sure. grandpa in uh, in um, a Princess Bride, like he would be perfect, but like he's obviously Lombo. dead now. So, so uh, so yeah, I I like the Tom Hanks. Yeah, well,
4: say I think to, to Elijah point, Wood
2: should play uh, Pinocchio. Elijah Wood. Yeah. <laughs>
0: she still can play. That, be, that <laughs> would be that would be spot on. No
2: yeah. makeup. No makeup. Yeah. <laughs>
1: At this point, um, the Joel, part. to the point you were saying of not knowing that was a Pinocchio movie, at this point, I think the Jungle Book uh, opened the floodgates. Like I, I think we can now expect yeah, really. any of our childhood movies or books to now at some point <laughs> be a movie, I'm down. a live action movie. I'm down. I'm um, excited. But, guys, that is all we have for you for today. Thank you, Nick, Dane, Joel. Thank you guys so much for helping me put on an amazing show. Shout-out to Candace. Couldn't You're very all. welcome. Uh, but a huge <laughs> shout-out to him. Uh, <laughs> I hate you so much, Dave. Make sure you guys stay tuned for all the shows we have coming out this week. And stay tuned for the Avengers 4 trailer coming this week. Peace.
0: It's Peace. Hope. Peace. With the group, guys, we're with you. Peace out. I want a live-action Fern Gully. <laughs>